0: Good morning. <clears throat> Good people. Welcome back to why I need therapy. And um, finally today I want to talk about my anxiety, which is something that I just recently realized that that was what was happening to me for for a long time. Like It's like when something, it's like something hot that you haven't touched yet. So you you think it's the worst, but then you touch it and it's just like warm and you can actually hold it. So now you are okay with it. So now it's not like as extreme as it used to be. It's still happening, but it's not as extreme. That's what happened to me with my anxiety the day i i took a test and realized oh god this is what has been happening since then i haven't struggled with it as much as i used to before and in this podcast i'm going to try and talk about um the several ways in which it used to manifest i I also did a, a small google research to see the symptoms that most people have and while I was doing it I saw many of my symptoms in alapin there and I think it's just dribbles down to mental health basically. So like have you I mean I re, like now as an adult I usually think back to some, some like experiences or some things that happened when I was even in primary school and I'm like shit <laughs> people were depressed but back then like wow I didn't even know what it was like I had first hand experience with People like this, I personally never did any self-harm things. Like I as a child I never used to worry much. I can say, but so there are some ways in which I used to express my stress, which didn't make sense until today. Which and some ways which I saw people expressing their stress and depression. Which did not make sense until I was an adult. And I was looking back and I was like, wow, what? Like, a, a very, very vivid example is there was this girl. And this was when I was in class 7. or Yeah, class. It could be class 7 or 8. This is like a 13-year-old. We were 13 at the time 2010 it's it's like 10 11 years ago it's a very long time and we were children and there was this girl I'm not going to mention names but I remember she used to cut herself actually two girls I remember I saw them with my own eyes and they used to cut themselves and at the time like, it, I'm, I can say I wasn't, like, educated on depression or vitukamaizo. So, I really didn't know what was happening or how to handle it, except to ask them not to wow. do that. Because <laughs> that's basically what I did. This first girl... And she was a smart girl. She was really smart. Like, one of the smartest girls. Even... She used to be to beat me in class, so she was a very very smart girl. But I remember, like, it seemed like they had problems from home, cause it was just her, her sister, and her mom, and I think a brother, like a small one who was not even in school yet. I can't remember the brother, apart very vividly. But I know she had a sister. We were all in the same school, and it seemed like there was problems at home and it seemed like she had problems like with men with boys <clears throat> like i don't want to call it daddy issues or those diminishing shit like she 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 seemed like she wanted attention from the man but she wasn't getting it and then she used to cut herself. I I I remember on one occasion seeing her cutting herself. Like she just she used to do it in class, not even at hiding somewhere, no? Both of them they used to do it in public, like placing anyone could see. And I think that's the craziest part. Like how how much are they crying for help right now? they literally doing it in front of everyone. Huh? She... She borrowed a razor blade. I don't remember who she borrowed it from. But I was watching her. Like, I was seated behind her. Not directly, but I could see her from where I was. (coughs) Excuse me. And I was watching her. And she was like, oh, help me with your razor blade. And then she took it and immediately went to her wrist and cut her wrist on one side and I was like what what I see that right so I walked over to her and I was like what what are you doing Why, why are you cutting yourself and then the tear wax came she just said everything like she was just waiting on someone to ask her that she just broke down and Talked and talked, and that's when I looked at her other wrist, and it had a scar on her, on the wrist, like across. It had a scar also, and it seemed like she had done it on several occasions because the wound was like You see, like if a cut and then it starts healing, it will be a little bit swell, and then a cut again on the swelling. So it was a big that was swelled on this side so now she had moved to this side this other side which was also already swelling and she cut herself and I was like don't do that don't don't cut yourself like I as I was 13 I didn't know exactly why and like our families were completely different so I I can say I couldn't understand what she was going through or relate, or and I had never seen before anyone do such a thing. So, I had no idea what was happening, and I was just like, "Don't do that! Don't cut yourself!" And then I went and told my best friend that I saw this girl who was our friend. We were not that close, but she was our both our friend. But I saw her cutting herself. So now we made it our goal to just watch over her (laughs) no one give her razor blades because she will catch herself we we were always keen on her she borrows a razor blade and we were like we are watching you (laughs) I think that's the best way I handled it at that age at that time with the knowledge I had I don't know I asked someone and we just tried to help her like that and we realized when she couldn't get to a razor blade, she used to borrow staples like unused staples you see the way they're sharp and then she would swallow them and i was like what like i honestly and i never thought to even like go home and talk to someone about it that never happened i never went home talked to an adult i never talked to a teacher about it like we just dealt with it as kids and i don't know i see her nowadays on instagram i don't know she looks happy but she also looked happy back then i just hope she's okay but with the staples thing we also tried to stop her we also like try to tell people don't give her staples like if you're giving her staples we have to see that she's using it. Yeah. We tried to help her like that. This other girl, now the second girl, used to be my deskmate at some point. Yeah. In class seven also. We used to be desk mates. And she was this cool, cool girl that everyone like she was awesome. I loved her. She was awesome. And she was so cool. Like, everyone was into her. <laughs> I mean, that's not the reason why she was cool to me. But, like, she was cool like that also. Yeah. And she she was kind of mature for her age. And even in the things that she used to say or the things that she knew, I don't know. We also grew up in different environments. I grew up in South Coast they are like the last people to know shit. She was. She grew up in town, Mombasa town. So, yeah, and I remember that day. I think a teacher had like, like talked to her like, Vibaya or something, or punished her or something. I don't remember clearly, but it was a teacher who, like, had maybe quarrelled with her or something. And she just came to her desk and took her own razor blend. She didn't borrow from anyone. And then raised her skirt a little bit and cut herself on her thighs. And I was like, what? What are you doing? (laughs) And for some reason, I never, like, she can share shared with the other girl who I saw. Cutting herself. Like I never thought it was the same thing, but I I was just like, this is bizarre. Why why are you cutting yourself? And I never really thought about it until I was in high in like university, an adult. Then I thought about it and I was like, those girls those girls used to cut themselves. They were they might have been depressed or something, and we had no idea. And we were 13-year-old children. Huh? And she just cut herself, and I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, this is what I do to release the anger. Like, if I'm angry, I cut myself in the thighs, and then, like, I feel less angry. Like, as as the pain grows, I feel the anger go away. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I honestly didn't understand it, because when I was angry, I cried. That was it. And <clears throat> thinking about it as an, as an adult I realized most of us were unhealthy as fuck and this was in 2010 you would think that the kids nowadays are the most depressed but like we were too and those were just two people who were quite close to me so like <clears throat> I can imagine there were many others who are not that close to me and I never got to see that like they were also struggling with whatever the fuck they were struggling with because I had no idea and I I didn't know how to deal with it so I just I just left it like that my way because I used to be stressed about like performance (laughs) Performing in school has one of, has been one of my most... Pr- like, it's one thing that has always given me pressure. Like, I'll, I get extremely anxious when I sit for an exam. Like, almost having a panic attack. <clears throat> but over the years, I've learned how to deal with it. I didn't even know what I was dealing with. Like, I just found a way to cope. And it was working for me and... Blah. <laughs> I said working for me. I have remembered this series. Corporate. They had a corporate like retreat or something. And they were going around saying like the you know, like saying things that they don't usually say to people. And one of them says, hey y'all, I cut myself and that works for me. And I was like, it's it's funny, but it's terrible. <coughs> sorry, I woke up like 30 minutes ago, (sighs) so today, I wanted to talk about my symptoms when it it comes to anxiety, so one of, uh, as I was saying, the way I used to cope, one way was, I used to like pluck my hair like pull my hair behind my ear i never even really thought into it until i saw it as something that people do when they're anxious i used to eat my nails and pull on my hair <clears throat> and eating um, my nails was just constant i used to do it when i was even when i when i very very small i had to train myself to stop and i only managed to do it when i was joining university i finally stopped like even today when i meet people who knew me as a kid they go like oh you stopped eating your nails or when they see a photo of me you stop and they would put it in the comment section where everyone can fucking see (laughs) anyway i'm over it something that i used to do compulsively i couldn't stop i used to do it extremely bad such that i would eat the skin the skin around my nails i would eat until like i I was bleeding i used to and then you know when you like touch water for a long time maybe like washing clothes because i was in boarding school so like when washing clothes in primary school. When washing clothes and then after washing, you would see how exactly how your uh, your hands look. The nails eaten almost half off. <laughs> and all the skin around like it it was ugly. It was terrible. And I couldn't stop even when the skin I have eaten the skin of all my ten fingers. I've eaten the skin off. I just keep going. It was a horrible thing. And I think I picked it from my mom. And she stopped and I couldn't. And whenever I was anxious, which was almost every time, like when I had to sit for an exam or something, I would eat my nails extremely. I would be eating my nails constantly and the other thing that i started doing now that one which i noticed that i was doing was plucking the hair behind my ears and i used to have like short hair so you wouldn't really know see it but then i was like balding at the back of my ears and I used to go back and look at the back of my head. So I was like, why the fuck do I do this? Why do, why do I pull my hair? So I forced myself to stop and successfully did. Like, I could say that I did the hair pulling thing for like four months tops. Like, trying, doing it, trying to stop, doing it again, trying to stop until I finally got to stop. Because it wasn't My hair was, like, residing at <laughs> the back of my head. What the hell? I was 12. Who does that? But, like, that's one thing I realized that I used to do. So, my mom keeps calling me. <clears throat> I've fixed the phone twice. Now, like, she has stopped my recording twice. <laughs> but thank God it saves itself. Huh. Mm-hmm. so what What was I saying my, like of late now as an adult I had better track of my symptoms like the things that I used to do all things that used to happen to me that made me go like what the fuck is happening to me And <clears throat> like two months on one month now I've known that it's been anxiety after taking like a small test, which I was relating to the extremes, like, every time. Not sometimes, often, very often. <laughs> it was terrible. One of my worst symptoms was I couldn't sleep. I cannot tell you. The number of times that I have laid awake in bed for two hours. I just can't sleep. Like, I would get into bed as late as possible because I'm not sleepy. Why is my throat like scratchy? Is it morning? Okay, I took a sip of what I hope that will help. I cannot tell you the number of times that I have laid in bed. I can't go to sleep. Like I would get into bed as late as possible, like maybe 12. And sometimes I have to go to like work in the morning. Maybe I was on internship or something. I have gotten to bed at 12. But I have so much on my mind. And it's not just one thing. It's like. Everything. And mostly it will be shit about the future. Like shit I can't even control. <clears throat> and I'll be just like obsessing over it. And I'll be laying in bed. My eyes are closed. Like a recipe for sleep. I am trying to bore myself to sleep. But my, my brain is busy. It's so busy. Two hours down. Sometimes... Like, sometimes I'd just, I'd I'd see the time going, like, I'd be laying there for a while and I'd be like, I, Connie what's the time? I check, 30 minutes, I'm gone. I try, 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 I can start to bore myself again, I try to clear my head. One hour has gone, one hour, 30 minutes has gone, two hours have gone, and then maybe I just wake up in the morning. I don't really know how I slept, I just wake up and I'd be like, oh, God, exhausted, like i'm just starting the day on a terrible note because i have not slept well i still have all that shit on my mind and i have to keep going (laughs) and maybe sometimes when i don't have anything to do in the morning i would oversleep like i would wake up i would just wake up at normal time like at nine or okay (laughs) that's very late but that's my normal time when I don't have anyone anywhere to go and I'm by myself. At 9 or like 8 and lay in bed doing nothing, just thinking and like dozing off again and waking up, feeling extremely exhausted. I wanted to leave this bed, but I can't for some reason. And even like 12 p.m. would catch me in bed just laying there doing nothing. So, the day is kind of over, even before I start. And it was terrible. It was a horrible, horrible experience. And this happened for a very, very long time. I I could say years. Even, mostly the unable to sleep at night thing. In the morning, sometimes I just wake up, go and keep busy. And... <clears throat> I can say even like lately maybe in a month it would happen once or twice nowadays well since I realized I can say this month I have struggled to sleep once yeah once I can remember I, str- I really struggled to sleep yeah but then I just, I didn't struggle as much as I usually do. Because nowadays I have techniques to help myself fall asleep. One, I just started to like repeatedly tell myself that I need to sleep. Like clear, clear your mind, clear your mind. My mind is clear. Think of nothing. Sleep. Think of not Like I'd have, I'd have to constantly tell myself that in my head just repeat those words in my head until my mind is actually clear and <laughs> and hopefully i will fall asleep before the before the thoughts come like rushing back in i will do that and i also found that the relaxing music help i don't know if you you have ever heard of this girl she's called Aurora she's a musician the day I realized that her music just puts me to sleep like that was the day became her fan I literally started listening to her music because it helped me to sleep at night it was so slow and relaxing and we used to put it with my roommate we'd play we'd just like it's it's midnight we want to sleep I go and album on my laptop and just let it play Four songs in, we are gone. (laughs) So that's just like 10 minutes. Slept. And in the morning, we'd wake up so refreshed because we slept well. I don't know if she used to struggle with the same thing, but me, I used to wake up so refreshed because I slept well. And we used to talk about it and be like, damn. And most of the times, before we slept, I'd be like, do I put Aurora on? And she'd be like, yes. Because honestly, we. It's helped me sleep a lot. And I've been looking for similar music that helps me sleep at night. But has has basically been the number one. If someone struggles, I, I this is a healthy way. This is a healthy way. Like, with shit like this, you have to find your way of coping. I don't think the repeating words in your head is healthy per se. But listening to relaxing music that you actually like listening to and you just drift away and sleep and you sleep peacefully, I think that's perfectly fine. So you can do that if you struggle with that. Another thing that I recently discovered was another manifestation of my anxiety was like nightmares in form of vivid dreams. I don't know if many people have vivid dreams as often as I used to. Like nowadays, I have learned, like my brain has been trained to realize that I am having a vivid dream while I am asleep and wake me up. And they would be scary, they would be terrifying. Cause, and the, the terrifying part is, It feels so real. So for anyone who needs context, a vivid dream is just like a lucid dream. It's like a dream that's happening and you are aware that you're dreaming. And it's like happening in the moment. So for example, you know how you slept. You know where you slept. It's happening there. Like you see yourself waking up. From the bed, then you are sleeping. So it feels so real. It's like you actually woke up in real life. And maybe you would go into the room to do something. And then something scary would happen. So it feels like it's actually happening in the moment. Those are Those are the worst. Those are the worst kind of dreams I have. And with time, I had to train my brain to realize that Emmy, you're sleeping. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And as soon as I open my eyes, everything is good. And then it would be so hard to go back to sleep. Let me give you one example of a vivid dream that I had. Like, it was scary as fuck. This time, I was still living with my roommate. And I have these very frequently. Like, I would have them almost every night. Especially when I'm by myself. Like I know I slept by myself at night. But sometimes also even when there's other people. So this time I was still living with my roommate in Riru. And she wasn't around that night. I was by myself. So first of all, it was already... And at that point I was suffering from anxiety. I was at the peak of it. In every way, if it was difficult going to sleep, I had that, and then when I finally fall asleep, I have a fucking lucid dream that's like a nightmare. So it's 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 it just sucks. So this I I actually struggled to switch the lights off last night. I remember, but I finally did, and then got into bed and tried to watch a movie until like I couldn't anymore and slept. And in the dream, I woke up and there was something happening at outside. Now, this is in the dream, but I don't know. I'm asleep. <laughs> it feels so real because it's like in the moment I'm waking up, I'm getting out of my bed. And I hear this noise outside, like there's something happening. And I go out. And I couldn't see anyone. So close the door and then i turn back i see my roommate sweeping in the dark (laughs) at night and i'm like um what are you doing and she's not like responding she's still sweeping i'm like what are you doing i'm now moving closer to her like why are you sleeping in the dark she's not responding and then finally she responds She turns, and it's really not her. It's like a creepy version of her. And then she starts coming towards me. And at this time, I am losing my shit in my dream. Like, I am scared to death. She's coming towards me. And at this point is when I would usually realize that this is a dream. Wake Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Until... I open my eyes and then whew, it was just a fucking dream. And then it becomes difficult to go back to sleep. I would be terrified because we used to sleep in a Kida Baldeca. I would want to peep on her bed <laughs> to make sure she's not there. <laughs> but like that would happen a lot, a lot, a- anywhere I'm sleeping. I would wake up in the moment and then something weird and creepy would happen and I'd have to force myself to wake up in my sleep. Like, I'm aware that this is a dream and I would constantly try to get myself to wake up until I actually wake up. Does anyone have that shit? Am I the only one? Because that is the scariest thing that happens to me. And since I realized it, it has become less frequent. It still happens, don't get me wrong. But nowadays, I could recognize it from the beginning. Like, a scary thing doesn't have to happen at first. Like, I can remember the most recent one, which I can say just happened, like, two weeks ago or something. So, like, for, for like, a whole two weeks or one and a half weeks, I've not had any lucid dreams. But I've been having normal dreams now which is something that doesn't usually happen to me it's either i don't remember dreams at all or i have lucid nightmares but recently like this whole like the past five days like all those days consecutively i have had normal dreams uzuruwa normal dreams they are not scary but like there is a lot there. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot to grasp there. But like the very last lucid dream that I had, I was sleeping in the bed that I'm currently seated in. And my brother's girlfriend was holding me on the bed or someone who looked like her. But then a creepy version of that, like holding me on the bed and I couldn't move at all at all I couldn't move my legs I couldn't move my hands I couldn't move my body even like wiggle my way out of it I couldn't I was just like stranded there in her hands and she was holding me there so tightly and I couldn't scream I couldn't say anything I couldn't talk and I was trying to and I was just like held on there and she was on this very bed, how scared can that be? <laughs> and then I just realized it was a dream, and then I was like, Wake up, wake up, wake up. And then I woke up and then turned, and then I was okay, but I was still a bit scared, you know, you have to be. But that, that was that is also one of the ways that I, I, I guess it manifests to me. So in the symptoms that I googled, one of them was frequent worry and or oppression. I have that every time. Now now the thing I worry about most is not making it, I guess. Like after campus. But now like since I talked about life after campus on this podcast, I have like taken it like It's been washed away. So, like, it's not as much. But it can be such a constant worry that I would almost not fall asleep at night. Yeah. And thinking obsessively about this future challenge, things that I have no control over. Those are things that would keep me up at night. And I would also talk about them. Feeling overwhelmed. This used this happens most of the time when, like, I have a lot going on during the day. Like, I'd get these burnouts. I can remember the last time that I had the extreme burnout. Like, it would be so bad, my body would physically feel pain from the overwhelming shit that's going on. I remember I, I i had some work on my writing account which got closed by the way and i, th- I think that's the best thing that's happened to me it was shut down and it has taken one extremely negative part of my life away with it i wasn't even bummed up about it i was just like fuck that shit man say it was horrible on this day, I had that work, and the guy, this Michael Green guy, is back. This guy again, he was stressing me the fuck out. Like I was so stressed. When I had my phone, like a notification on my phone, my stomach would like, like, contract. Like my stomach would congeal into like a, a fist. <laughs> my stomach would just do like a fist. And I would feel it. And I, would like, I dreaded hearing a notification. Like, I was I was going through it, man. I was on that day. Damn, I was having the worst day. It started very early in the morning with the revisions. And it went all day. Sometimes I would go for two hours just waiting on the revision notification. And when it came, my stomach would just... Any notification, even on WhatsApp, like, I would hear, ding, on WhatsApp. And I'd, my stomach would just, like cringe and i would just feel it all over my body like a chill just ran all over my body before i went and touched my phone and saw what exactly the notification was about it reminds me of the feeling of before i what i feel before i sit for an exam or when i'm seated in the exam room waiting that usually also happens i'm so anxious i look normal (laughs) that is the problem because everyone around me thinks that i take my exams so calmly i am anxious as fuck during exams like i my stomach is into a cabal. i am just have breaking a sweat i almost cannot breathe I feel like screaming. I feel like throwing my phone away. Like, I feel like walking out of that room and just saying, fuck it. But I can't. I have to get through it. I have to do it. And I will feel that until I see the paper. I see and scan the paper. Whether it's difficult, whether it's easy. But once the pressure of the unknown is over, then I can move on. in peace and that happens every time i have an ex ev- every single fucking time i sit for an exam that shit happens and i, I found a way to cop because that's the only way my way of coping with anxiety during exam this this way is actually like I can use them all together but of course I can listening I can't listen to relaxing music during exam you can do that so during exam I usually breathe in for 4 seconds and then breathe out for 8 seconds the breathing out part is very hard and I think that's the part that forces your body to relax so I would go in for 4 seconds which goes on so fast and then 8 seconds breathing out You will start yawning. You will feel your body just like... Like go like a balloon that's deflating. Just like... And I do that like as many times as I need to. And I have to do that before I pick up the pen and write. Otherwise, there will be a lot of mistakes in my paper. Like... I might know the answer, but I'd be making a lot of mistakes. Like I'd be having to, to like cancel this and write again, cancel and write again. Like my brain is not up at peace yet until I do the four seconds, eight seconds thing. And I also do that when I'm trying to sleep. It helps me to sleep. But in the exam room, it I have to, I, I have to. If I don't, it will be evident in my paper. And sometimes I would try and force myself not to. And I'd make so many mistakes, I'd have to pause and do it. Because I have not released... Like, I have seen the paper okay and I am now not as anxious as as before. But I still have to do the breathing It breathing in, breathe out. And compose myself for real and no one would know people would just see me writing in the exam room and think hey just this chick knows all the answers bitch i had to fucking compose myself and do a four seconds in four seconds out breathe thing like five times before i had to sit otherwise i'd forget (laughs) it's it's just a lot honestly it can be exhausting Especially when you don't know what the fuck is happening to you. Like, imagine going through all this shit. You had trouble sleeping. You had lucid nightmares. You woke up, had an exam, and uh, uh, under, like sometimes all these things come together and you are, like, under so much pressure. So... That you wonder how the fuck am I supposed to survive this day, huh? And those are the worst days. And I never have panic attacks anywhere else or like in other occasions except exam rooms. And that's everything, it doesn't matter if I'm doing an online exam, it it just doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) Whenever I'm under pressure of an examination, a cut. I have to do that shit. I have to. I have to. And the pressure, the anxiety used to happen even earlier when I was a child, when I was in high school. But at that point, I didn't have a way to cope or to deal with it. I don't even know how I did it. I don't, I honestly can't say. Because I I can say it mostly came to me. In university. That's when the pressure used to just be extreme, extreme, extreme. That I need to find a way. I need to. And there was this time that I also had negative self-talk. Like, I, I love myself and everything. But I am so mean to myself. And that happens at night. I am the meanest person to myself. So I'm trying so hard to... Not allow my brain to think of mean shit to say to myself, but wow. Sometimes I used to be so mean to myself nowadays. Oh, god, I have really, really evolved that has changed drastically. And oh, god, just thank god, thank god, it's that's still not happening. And, uh, Oh, like, there's so many things, some of them I'm just going to read through. Feeling inadequate, feeling unprepared. canceling plans. I would not cancel plans per se, but I would have so much anxiety about doing it. Like, when someone asks me to, like, oh, let's go do this, let's go out, let's go do this. Yeah, right now, I would say yes. Sometimes even when I don't want to. <laughs> because I know that I need to go out. And then on the day that we have to go out in the morning, I would just feel like, fuck, I do not want to do that. And I'd get so much pressure. Like, I would sometimes find a way out. Sometimes I would lie and just be like, oh, God, I can't make it. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this because my friend might get a bit mad at me, but I actually, I don't know. I, I, this happened to me very recently. A friend of mine asked me out for like her friend's birthday and I really wanted to go at first. And I even wanted to check my brother. I wanted to go. And then on that day of going, that, you think know, in the morning, I woke up and I was like, fuck, I don't want to go. And I didn't want to tell her that I didn't want to go. So I was like, oh, okay. well, the excuse I used was true because I didn't have enough money to go. Because like, I were going to spend a lot of money and I, want, I wanted to go together with my small brother. So I would have spent twice, everyone else. So I really didn't want to go at the The reason was I didn't want to go, but I I went and told her, like, oh, I don't have enough money, which was true. But the truth was I just didn't want to go. I just... I wanted to go home. I just wanted to be at home. Fuck. (laughs) And sometimes I would do that. Okay, once a time I would do that. Mostly, when I don't cancel, I would... ...force myself through it... ...or push myself through it... ...I do like hanging out with this friend of mine... ...I absolutely love it... ...but for some reason... On that day, ...I just... ...I just wanted to be at home... ...early... ...in bed... ...just doing nothing... ...and my parents were coming... ...like... ...to Nairobi on that day also... ...my... ...it was just going to be... ...a lot of work... ...explaining shit... ...getting back home late... I I wasn't ready for it. So I lied. I do that sometimes. No hard feelings. I'm just fucking anxious. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, I can see. Oh, difficulty sleeping. That happens. Excessive sleeping. That also happens. Mental exhaustion. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Some days I just, I want to fucking run in a field and scream. My my head is tired. My I'm tired mentally. I just can't fucking do this shit anymore. I just, I want to either do that or sit and binge watch the office and eat. And just have no one tell me shit. Just don't tell me to do anything these working or studying excessively this was also one of my ways of coping and i did it a lot like when i have a lot of shit going on in my head that i couldn't sleep at night the next day i'd make a point of keeping so fucking busy so that i don't think about shit like i would work my ass off if i had some jobs to do i would do them without resting because as soon as i Try and rest, the thoughts are there with me. so I'll do it, work or study so that just just to forget, just not so that I don't think about whatever the fuck is making me anxious. OCD type behaviors like counting, repeating, creating rigid rituals, obsessive, arranging, washing, may I do the repeating one. like I said like repeating to myself, um, to wake up, repeating to myself, it's a dream repeating to myself to stop thinking so that I can sleep. I do that. Fear of specific things. I fear everything. <laughs> it's saying fear of specific things, place situations, going to school, going to bed, driving on the death. I I can say that is one thing that actually the thing that I am struggling right now with is death. I am absolutely struggling with that. And I've recently made the mistake of going to Google what happens to someone when they've been buried. How long the body takes to decompose. You guys, don't do that because right now I see skeletons and I see rotten bodies I see I don't I thought about my grandmother who passed on um, in May and just thinking about it right now like I'm trying to picture where she is right now she is not in a good place the way we say oh she's in a better place oh she's resting oh fuck no she is melting into the coffin and her body the coffin is acting like a pressure cooker just melting her body her clothes the big ass wedding dress is just adding onto the heat and the rotten meat the body will <laughs> do not walk into my brain do not walk into my brain. But death and the afterlife right now, it's just a way that people cope to me. It's just a way that people try to deal with death. Because thinking about just if I could have seen someone who just died there, which I saw on, on Google. It's not a beautiful sight. They're not in a good place. the way they're sleeping like that it's just the way they are and uh, the body is just dying it's just rotting away and i think about that and i'm scared to sleep i am 24 years old and i'm scared to die in my sleep for absolutely no reason i have no conditions that would make me die in my sleep but i'm fucking scared to die in my sleep i had an accident once a long time ago I can say it's been like three years or something and when that shit happened the anxiety that I had to just get into a fucking matatu the anxiety of the matatu taking a corner anywhere I still have it till now like when I enter a matatu and sit I already think of the ways in which the position I am in could lead to an accident. I'm a, could be crushed into and I will die. And sometimes I would even second guess and change my seat. That, that's how much, <laughs> that's how much I overthink it. Because the day that this accident happened, and I didn't even get hurt in the accident. <laughs> my roommate did. And a small small accident, a small small heart. Like it was just god cause honestly it could have been worse. It could have been worse. We were say, we were going from we had just finished an exam and it was on Friday afternoon. We were going home with two of our friends and we were going to just like chill and have fun. It's Friday, we have no worries, we have the whole weekend to study for the Monday exam. We were like, we, we are going to have fun, Kidogo. And we got into a matatu. And like, from the very beginning, it it was just like, this shit was going wrong. Because when getting into that mat, the con, the dry, the conductor was rude as fuck. Like, I would recognize this conductor even today if I saw him. He was rude as fuck. And then, like, it was just a struggle getting into the mat. But there was no other mat at the stage. So we had to go into that one mat. And we got in. And then we were going to Rui campus, which, for people who don't know, take a road. At some point, you will go off the highway. But which is how it was supposed to happen. But then this driver like went off the highway and then decided they do not want to go off the highway. So they want to take a U-turn on a road where you're not supposed to take a U-turn. It's like a corner where you're not supposed to take a U-turn. Any matatu that comes is coming from the highway. So it's coming like at a very high speed. Any car that's coming. So as they're taking the U-turn, there's a matatu coming, another one, but she was just a small one, and we could see it, and we were like, fuck, this matatu is not stopping, oh, sh- oh my God, oh, oh, my God, until it just crashed into us, exactly where we were seated. We were sitting on that side, and it would crash into us. But the, the driver, like, swerved last minute. He would have crashed into me. I always think of this like as... Maybe God, <laughs> but it would have crashed right into me because I was the one seated right directly on it. But he swerved last minute and then he hit just behind me when my roommate was sitting. But she didn't really get hurt. It's just like the glass, the window crashed and one of the glass just like cut her on the forehead and it happened to find an um, a vein. So she was bleeding like a lot, but the wound was tiny, like this. It didn't even require stitches or anything. Did it? I, no, it didn't. She just went and got bandaged. So, like, what we came out, it looked like a crash in a movie, and you could feel the, the, the sharp sound that I feel many times in my head like, very high pitch sharp sound and uh, like things were like still a bit blurry because it wasn't a small crash the people in that match that crashed into us wow there was a woman with a baby like a very small baby but the baby didn't get hurt the woman got hurt she was she she was like pushed out like it was a terrible accident but we survived. We did not get into a matatu going back home. We walked. We were like, fuck no. We're not getting into another matatu and dying in this bitch. We walked home. And from that day, especially around that time, like I can say for like even six months straight, I had the worst anxiety getting into a matatu. I had, I, I overthought, and I have to. I have no point. I have no choice. I have to use my tattoo. But I had terrible anxiety about it. I would sit in the matatu and I would not be at peace. I would see, like, whenever we were at, like, corners, even when I'm sitting at the very back, I would be stressed about another matatu crashing into us from the back. I would be stressed completely. It didn't even matter which matatu I was sitting on. And i would get into a matatu and try to quickly scan a position to see it if i had the options and i would try and sit on the op- opposite like the other side of the driver because drivers drive on the right side in kenya and like when it comes to a corner like this on the right side is where it will be exposed to a crash or something so i try and sit on the left side which is the side you don't usually see when you're getting to the matad. and sometimes you don't have the options you just have to sit on the right side and whenever i sat at the position where i was seated when the crash happened i would be so stressed about it like i would not be at peace until i got off the mat and until today i'm a bit anxious about that not as much as kitambo like like I can comfortably sit at the back, but still, I'd still feel like, ah, uh, could die. <laughs> That's just inevitable. I, I feel like I could die at any time. I'm so aware of the facts that I could die at any time. There was a time, I feel like as a kid, I always felt invincible. For some reason, I felt like, I can't die. <laughs> For some reason. But now. I know like 10 dead people. Who were people I knew. They are dead. There was a time I didn't know even one person. And now I know 10 dead people. And I want to think that. Oh they are resting peacefully. It's not so peaceful. Not when. Your body is being. Literally decomposed, and these maggots feeding on you, and there's I want to think of everything bad, and you're green and at some point you'll be black, brown like I i looked into it too much like I know at first like, your body will start blotting so you'll turn a bit green and like your body will fura fura and then because of the liquids like the organs are like producing liquids and like you know that they're, they're dying so they're dead so they're like producing liquid then bile the bile will burst and then like spread all over your body and you'll turn green and then it's like you, you technically won't bust but It's like the liquid will start leaking out of you. Like, out of your holes. Yeah. The liquid starts leaking out of you, and then you start rotting now. Mm. You start fucking rotting. So, if you picture them as that, and I'm so sorry, that's what I've put in your head, but that's what is in my head now when I think of someone who is dead. They are not at a better place. We are just trying to cope with death. Like. And honestly. I'm just going to say it. But. I don't think there's life after death anymore. I believe in God. and I believe in God. But life after death. It scares me that I believe that it does not exist. Because then it just means that once I die. My shit is over. That's it. I'll just be laying in some hole, just rotting away. And everyone will move on. Yeah. I obsess about that shit. You can see. (laughs) I'm I'm so sorry. Like I also saw others while continuing reading. Thumb or pacifier sucking beyond toddlerhood. Who sucks on a pacifier when you are not yeah like an girl or something but like thumb sucking that i've seen many people do it mine was eating my nails i can see here sucking or chewing on clothing i didn't i did that at some point but i was a kid then but like eating nails and eating almost my entire hand all my skin around my nails until my hands were literally in pain and bleeding Like on the side of my nails would be in pain. That's when I would try and stop and move to the next nail. The thing is, the skin around the hands, it replenishes itself quite quickly. So, as soon as I'd be done eating one hand, the other hand would be ready to eat. Thank God I stopped that shit. And then there's self-harm, of course. If you... Cut, scratch yourself, burning yourself, biting. That's where I fall in. Is it? Yeah, it it gets to self harm when I'm in pain and I don't stop, digging fingers into skin, hitting and punching self. I've never done that, breaking bones. Oh no, carving. Massa- messages or symbols into skin. Wow. Piercing skin. Ingesting harmful substances. That's the case of the girl we, so we talked about earlier. Inserting objects under skin. Wearing hmm. long sleeves and pants in hot weather to hide signs of self-harm. Uh, picking at skin and hair pulling. I do that. Appetite disturbance. Under eating. Oh my god. I had absolutely forgotten. I used to uh, completely not eat. In first year. I used to go like. I would not eat. Until I was literally shaking. From hunger. And then that's when I would go and get a snack. I just didn't used to care for myself. And I think I talked about this a bit. When. I was talking about my self-esteem. And I guess that was one of the ways I never really talked about it. Irritability, excessive crying, hives, nausea, heartburn, abdominal cramping. Some of these just happen every month. Diarrhea, irritable bowel syndrome, rapid heart rate, pounding heart. My pounding heart would happen when I'm having these nightmares sweating trembling and shaking shortness of breath tightness in your throat this happens when i'm in the exam room i think that's like a panic attack or something chills hot flashes chest chest pains pain in back or neck headache dizziness numbness i don't know some of them i have not personally experienced them because of course you can't experience all of them at the same time, but yeah, the day I realized that, oh, we have anxiety, I took the test, and I think the main point of this podcast is, like, for self-reflection, for me, at least, and maybe even for you, because... I remember there was a time i tried and googled if i had depression because i thought i did i was under so much pressure i i i just felt really bad about myself and i did i googled it and i took a test but i didn't because i have never wanted to like self-harm to the point of like death i have never reached a point where i thought fuck this shit I don't want to be alive anymore thank god I haven't been to that place but like if you have you you need to talk to someone I feel like that's that's it just it doesn't have to be an adult yet it could just be your friend but then you have to pick of course the right friend Talk to about this because even talking about my anxiety was difficult because i talked to a friend about it before i actually came on here that's why it's easier to talk to to talk about it right now but when i was talking about it at first i was breaking down i was crying but i picked the right person to talk to and it wasn't even my close girlfriend's it was not none, it wasn't my family members. i I had to pick the right person who would listen and say the right things. I don't know. I didn't know if they would say the right things, but you have to be careful about who you pick because if it's someone who really does not understand the subject, they might not know how to help you, which might make you feel worse, you see. But if you pick someone who you feel like they might understand what you're talking about, and then they're good always, they're a good listener, they're good with talking, they're good talking to, and that people who they're just good to talk to. Choose such a person. If you're not yet ready to go, you know, to, a, to like an adult about it or something. Once you talk to with it to someone who you can you can just take it all out it will make it easier to talk to someone else like now like an adult like your parents or guardian or whoever or like it will make it easier to ask your parents for help with this shit i have not felt the need to ask them with help i was mostly just stressed that i was depressed but then I realized, okay, not really. I was at some point a bit depressed, but not to the extreme point. I feel like everyone suffers a bit. Of, anxiety is very common. Everyone suffers a bit like that. And, But if it gets to the extremes like the way mine was, you start feeling like you have a problem. You start feeling like, oh my God, fuck, I'm, I, I, I can't do it. And that's the part you'll start suspecting that you're depressed. But then me, I took the test online. I thought they were like, do you often like, want to hang yourself or something? And I was like, not really. And that made me realize that, okay, I'm good on that front. <laughs> but I still have a problem. I just don't know what it is yet. Until of late, when I I was listening to this podcast, the Man Enough podcast, like I said, which I recommend to everyone. Honestly, listen to that podcast. You will you will love. It's beautiful. And then that's when I realized what was happening with me. And then as soon as I realized that it was anxiety, it's like it was solved like that that already has fixed so much into me i still have my two dreams but i know what's going on so i know like how to deal with it healthily. i don't like tell myself like i'm not hard on myself as much because i know what's happening with me i don't try to tell myself i'm not enough or um you know inadequate or something like I'm not good or whatever I don't try to go so hard on myself when I do not want to hang out with people because I just know that I'm just a bit anxious about it which is fine so I will just not do it and not feel bad about counselling on people because I just can't handle that at, at, at that point point. and the funny thing is All my friends think I am the kind of person who actually goes through with shit. So that's the weird part. I don't know. When I decide to go through with something, I do go through with it. Sometimes I would struggle, completely struggle going through with it. But I will do my best to go through with it. And sometimes I just can't. And on those points is when I say no. Or I just back off <laughs> for a minute like you will not hear from me for a minute or something and I don't go hard on myself about it, I don't like kill myself over it like oh you're being a bad friend you mean, no, I just understand that this is giving me too much anxiety at the point, at the time so I, I just need time for myself so knowing what you're struggling with, kind of fixes for me 50% of the problem was fixed like that as soon as I realized what was going on so now when I struggle to sleep at night I know I'm just anxious about something this is not that big a deal there's nothing wrong with me I can just listen to relaxing music and try and sleep or try and talk about whatever the fuck is keeping me awake before I actually go to to try and fall asleep (laughs) excuse me i had to sneeze anyway guys who thank you for giving me this platform to rant about my shit because honestly i used to go through it man i used to go through it and i feel like i i am at the best place i have ever been in a long time in terms of anxiety from the time I had no clue, like, there are bad times. There were bad times. I went, I was so alone in it. Because for years I struggled with it and I never talked to anyone about it. Because I, I didn't know what was going on with me either. And at the time, the person that I could have talked to wasn't the right person to talk to. They didn't want to hear that part about me or like they kind of had made it clear like that so I couldn't even talk to them about it but like later we became much closer as friends and I could Express myself without feeling like I'm burdening someone else with my problems so My advice Try and find out if if you're struggling with anything try and find out exactly to, what it is that you're struggling with and that will lift a very heavy burden. Because it's kind of like you have solved your problem by yourself, first of all. And then, now, once you've realized what it is, it will make it so much easier to to, to express it without feeling like, what the fuck? <laughs> you see? So then find the right person to express yourself to. And then, try and actively make yourself feel better. Try and actively recognize when you're falling into those depths and help yourself. Because honestly, I feel much better when I do something about it by myself, rather than just tell someone and expect it to go away. But it does help to talk out loud. And this is the place where I speak out loud. Honestly, yours could be a journal. It could be a recording, whatever. Just find just. But the thing is, just to find an outlet, honestly, because it was like boiling up. I was, for anyway. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I have lost the energy. ...of trying to spread the word about this podcast. (laughs) Currently, I'm really not feeling after it. Like, I would just post it... ...like on Instagram and on my WhatsApp. I wouldn't even post it on the Twitter. I would just post it on Instagram, on the WhatsApp... ...and just write, check it out. And leave it at that. Because... ...I am not trying to stress myself out. And also... Like, you may be wondering, like, I don't have a routine or something. Like, every, the way most people have, oh, every Monday, every Thursday. I do not want to put myself in that box. Because now it will start feeling like something I have to do rather than something I want to do. Which, right now, that's what it is. Something I just want to do. I just need a place to let shit out. And this is it for me right now. And I don't think setting a specific day of the week, like, my life is not that planned. (laughs) Like, some days, on some days, I wake up and I want to record a podcast, just, like, through And sometimes seven days have passed over a week, and sometimes it's just, like, two days later. Sometimes three days, sometimes six days, sometimes four days, sometimes ten days. So it is what it is. So I'm not trying to put it in a routine. I'm not trying to have other people. Like I've been obsessing over bringing like someone else. Unless I feel like the topic is something I personally cannot talk enough about or with enough, like I don't have enough knowledge about, then I would like ask someone of their opinion. like i don't want to stress myself into like oh i need to think about a collab I, i do not want it to think to feel like something i have to do rather than something i just want to do so anyway bye bye thank you for listening once again and have a good day bye